We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking 2024 wide receiver prospects on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. And Dave, the winds have shifted, my friend. Can you feel it in the air? Because it's prospect I season. I can, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's prospect season, man. We uh, we just had our uh, first of several rookie summits. Uh, Dave and I joined um, Blair Andrews, our managing editor, and Sean uh, Siegel, and and got together and really just did you know a three sixty on the rookie class and you know we're finishing you know the final touches here on uh, volume one of our 2024 fantasy football rookie draft guide which by the way is up for pre-sale now uh on the website so you can check out you know if you're if you're subscribed to our premium email you've been hearing about this from me for the past couple of days or if you follow us on twitter slash x uh or of course on rotaviz.com you know any of those three kind of funnels you can find out the information about how to pre-order but Dave, we're giving people over you know, 90, 98 profiles, 98 player profiles. We're going to have prospect lab scores, you know, profile sims and, and hit rates. We got sleeper picks, mock drafts, rankings, tiers, everything. And it's, it's, it's all part of our process, right? So for volume one, we're looking at everything that we know to be true and absolute about each pro, uh, prospect to this point. So what's the production, you know, what's the age, what's the context of the player pretty soon. We're going to have the athletic measurements. We can layer that in and get an even clearer picture. And then eventually of course the NFL draft status slash capital for each player, you know, completes the picture. But one thing I really love about our guide series is we kind of let, you know, the readers and the, the subscribers go along for the journey, you know, with us. And so, we're willing to put ourselves out there waiting to put out the, you know, I guess not waiting to put out the entire picture um, and instead giving you our thoughts as uh, we know the players to, you know, today. Sean and, and Calm talked about this a little bit over on Rotoviz Overtime, elsewhere on Rotoviz Radio earlier today. So if you like kind of like, you know, hey, the behind the scenes chatter about, 
how things are compiled uh, here at rotoviz.com. You can give that episode a listen. Uh, Sean talked through his perspectives on our rookie summit and, and his approach to the guide. But, you know, Dave and I have our own approaches to the guide. We're going to talk about that a little bit in this episode. One of my favorite things, Dave, is how we've simplified the content this year, um, really anchoring each player profile around three main things. So Sean has like a synopsis, which is basically, you know, all the peripheral metrics that you've, you know, come to love at Rotoviz. Thing, you know, quoting things like dominator rating and you know air yards and uh, a dot and evasion rates and uh, all, all the stuff that you're used to reading about on Rotoviz and specifically from Sean. He he does that in short form, getting straight to the point why we should care. Uh, in particular about a, a prospect or why we might not be excited about a prospect through the lens of those peripheral metrics. Then Blair uh, has prospect lab scores. So he's able to kind of take you know, essentially most of those things that Sean writes about and just translate that into a percentile score, comparing each player in this year's class to other players at that position throughout history and assigning them a percentile score. We're going to share a couple of those percentile scores with you in those episodes. And then uh, what I love to do, because I think it's just so applicable uh, for dynasty, which is my favorite way to play the game is I'm taking those, those metrics, but I'm also doing things like layering in projected draft capital uh, to then come up with profile Sims for each player. So for each player in the guide, especially with a focus on those top 50 in, in each volume, you're going to get, my top five profile sims for each player. So that gives you a picture of, you know, range of outcomes. What have players with similar profiles gone on to do from a fantasy and dynasty value perspective uh, after they've been drafted? And then then we also can provide a, a profile sims hit rate. So amongst those top five players, what percentage of them hit? You know, if, if you, somebody's got great peripheral metrics, but most of the players that uh, ended up looking like them in their profile were misses, okay, that provides a little bit of a counterbalance to some of the, you know, exuberance that can sometimes, you know, boil up during prospect eval season. So I, can, I really just cannot say enough about how cool and enjoyable and effective I think the presentation is going to be this year. So, I'll stop with the infomercial there, but you do need to go to rotaviz.com and and pre-order the guide now. You're going to get all three volumes for 20 bucks and Dave's made it easy for you to to download uh you know each copy of the guide and you know you, you're just going to have it right away. Th- this week we'll drop volume 1. We'll drop volume 2 the week after the combine and then we'll actually drop volume 3 the day after the NFL draft. Um so we'll be right there with you every step of the way. We want to tease a little bit about what this content looks like in this episode. So Dave, let's focus on two of the premier players in any dynasty format this season, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. Yeah, I think it, it makes a ton of sense to to start with these two guys. And that's because pretty much universally, no matter where you're going to look, if you look at the wide receivers, these are the guys that are going to be getting a lot of love. And I think it's for good reason, you know, two very exciting players, uh, fantastic outlooks. We'll talk about them more, but I think that this is one of those classes where 
there's probably not going to be as much agreement once you get past those first two. Now, as we started working our way through the Rookie Summit, there are some other players, and we're still internally going back and forth trying to get everybody on the same page. Sean and I talked about a couple of guys. Uh, But we think that there are a couple of other players behind them that are going to be, you know, difference makers. And we think that identifying these guys and knowing who they are this year uh, is going to be really crucial. Because I think what you're going to find is once you get past, depending on, you know, how savvy your draft room is, pick whatever it may be, things are going to be wide open. It's not going to be super clear what you should do. But we think we know who some of those players are. So, Starting off with these wide receivers, getting everybody grounded on them is a good spot. And then after we have that out of the way, we get you know got to start digging down in that next level. All right, who do you want? Who do you want to start with, man? I mean, I, I'm a Buckeye, so I prefer yeah, to start with start, Harrison. Let's start with Harrison. The top dogs you want? Okay, Let, let's start. I mean, it just so, makes sense, right? After yeah. you know the, the receivers yeah. that we have seen coming through that school, we got to start there. I think that's a good point. Um, and, and not that we scout the helmet uh, here at Rotoviz, but it, I mean, you know, it does help. Yeah. Uh, it does, it does help to, to know that some players have had success coming from that same system, same coaching staff, et cetera. Right. Um, so, so again, like I said, my contribution uh, in volume one, my biggest contribution is really coming up with these profile sims. I use our rotoviz.com prospect box score scout, which allows me to, uh, input projected draft capital input, you know, current player weights, obviously we'll get updated player weights, um, at the combine. And and those end up being kind of the legacy weights that live on, you know, in that, uh, tool, uh, into perpetuity, you know, but right now I'm using, you know, the best sources that I can find, you know, on those players along with, uh, reliably sourced industry mock drafts come up with projected draft capital, but then, you know, all of the, uh, you know, production metrics are also kind of going into creating these sims. So, you know, you're going to find things like final season, uh, final season receiving yards per game. I'm going to pull up his whole profile here. Um, Dominator rating, uh, receiving yards, market share, receiving touchdowns, uh, receiving yards per team, uh, pass attempt. You know, you, you can go in and kind of adjust for for filters, but I've, I've got all of the filters on here. And so I did this for every prospect. And the top five prospects for Marvin Harrison end up being Dave, Justin Blackman, Sammy Watkins, Amari Cooper, Drake London, and Mike Evans. So that's a, you know, that that's good for those of you doing the math, you know, it's pretty easy with a dom- denominator of five, that's an 80, 80% profile Sims hit rate you know, with Watkins, Cooper, London and Evans, all obviously being dynasty and fantasy hits and, and singular seasons and really career uh, based hits as, as well. And Justin Blackman was a phenomenal you know prospect coming out. It just didn't, work for him. So if we're comparing him as a prospect, you know, it, you can kind of double down on him getting the, you know, the draft capital. Um, but you know, it, it, it is a reminder that there's no such thing truly as a bulletproof prospect as good as any, any player ever will look. There's probably a player in NFL history that looked a lot like your prospect that didn't pan out. And so I actually kind of like seeing 
a player like Blackman slide in here because, you know, there, there is a universe where Harrison doesn't end up being a Hall of Famer like his dad. And, uh, and Blackman is the reminder on this list. But what's your immediate reaction before we look into what these players did in their first three seasons as, as NFL pros? What's your reaction to that list? Is it as quality as you would have expected or any other takeaways? Well, so I started smiling as you read down those names uh, for a couple of reasons. One, that's a really good list. Now, I know that it would be easy to sit there and assume that a player like Harrison is going to have a list that's going to be littered with top level players. And, and that's normally the case, but it doesn't always work out that way with how uh, the computer does its thing behind the scenes there. But it's also kind of interesting to see the mix of players that made their way in there. Uh, one thing that you can take away is that these guys were all just able to dominate their competition at different points in their career, which is pretty interesting to me. And I also thought it was notable that that miss is Blackman, uh, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you said, when you go back and you think about the profile and why it's matching, um, what I would come back to here is there were points, even once he was in the NFL, where there was there, there were signs of promise. Um, so missing with a guy like Blackman it, with him being the miss in the profile, uh, you know, that's a lot more palatable than when you get certain players that, um, you know, you just really can't wrap your head around why they would be making their way into, into the set for a player that there's so much hype around. And sometimes we do see that. Yeah. So overall, this is a pretty good list, pretty kind of varied list too, which is kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, I think you could make a case that Harrison's going to be a pretty versatile player. Um, and that there's elements that all of these guys had in their game that we're going to see from him once he, uh, you know, makes that change to the next level. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think it's it is interesting that you add the layer of context in for for Blackman. We're not going to make this a Justin Blackman episode, um, but actually, in his second year, you know, he only played four games, you know, before things went off the rails and, yep. and he never recovered. But he was actually wide receiver seven in points per game through the first month of the season I mean, in his the, second year. Yeah, so the it didn't guy look could like, play. You know, he could play. Yeah, there was no question about it. Yeah. It's too small of a sample size for me to call that a hit. But if he had played that full 2013 season, we could be talking about a 100% profile Sims rate. Um, yeah. I mean, this guy was supposed know, to be the second you know, Des Bryant. Yeah. yeah I, I, I could, I could right. end up talking. Honestly, I could easily fill a good 25, 30 minutes talking about Justin Blackman, but I won't. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Right. So I do want to clarify as well. 
because, you know, I, I really would like to focus these prospects on the more modern, the more modern prospects at this point for wide receiver prospects in particular, I'm not so sure it makes a lot of sense for us to comp to rookie prospects from, you know, the year 2000, the year 2001. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, a quarter century ago at this point. So I'm, I'm comparing to 2010 and onward. Yep. So we're talking about prospects within the last 15 or so years. Um, I, I did want to clarify that um, since all of these names are a little bit more modern, but I, I do want to zoom in on each of these five just to give you a sense of what they were able to do in their first year or two from a dynasty perspective, because that helps inform how we're going to treat Harrison's value when we start doing dynasty startups, et cetera. And that's one of the other values of, you know, our guide is we're not just saying like this player, don't like this player. We're translating that into the strategy for, for fantasy. So Justin Blackman, even as a rookie, I mean, we're not really calling him a hit because he didn't get the full, uh, he didn't get the full breakout of, you know, the 200 plus PPR or top 24 season, but he actually was wide receiver 29 as a rookie. Um, he was wide receiver two, uh, 42 in, in PPR uh, per game rank, but he had 184 PPR as a rookie. I mean, that's really encouraging. Yeah. And then again, you know, he, he had 76.4 PPR across four games and was wide receiver seven on a, a per game basis um, in that second year. So things were certainly trending in the right direction. Going over to his number two sim, uh, Sammy Watkins. Watkins um, finished uh, as the wide receiver 26 in full season scoring in 2014 with 200 PPR exactly. He was a wide receiver 31 on a points per game basis. And then in year two, he only played 13 games, but he had 218 uh, PPR. was wide receiver 16 from a PPR per game uh, perspective and 19 overall, despite missing uh, several games that year. Of course, back then they were only playing 16 games per year instead of 17. After that injuries kind of derailed his career, but he did immediately uh, give us a top 24 season and two seasons above 200 PPR within his first two. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I like Harrison better as a prospect than I, than I liked Watkins. Watkins was, you know, super exciting and could, could pull away on, you know, big slant plays and, and things like that. But Harrison certainly seems uh, more well-rounded and, and the peripherals are, are better on him as well. Uh, Amari Cooper, Dave, was the third guy. And of course, Amari amongst this list has been really one of the, the smashes. You would love to see Amari Cooper show up as a top five profile sim for any wide receiver. Yeah. Because Amari is universally considered one of the better wide receiver prospects of the last 10 years. Uh, he came out in the 2015 draft class, and all he has done is score over 200 PPR in every season except his third year. <laughs> so, he, I mean, he's just been, a, he's been an act, absolute just like fantasy bellwether guy. I mean, right away as a rookie, 214 PPR, 232 in his second year if we forgive his third season, which was kind of an aberration there. And uh, I think at that time it was Oakland. And then, you know, yeah. since then he's been with the Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns, but 219, 246, was, yeah. 236, 202, 248, and 231. Even now at an advanced age, he's still providing, you know, difference-making fantasy production. In his career, he has finished as a wide receiver one and uh, year-end scoring twice, 
in a wide receiver two or better in five, six, seven of nine career seasons. Um, I'll pause there, Dave. Yeah, no, I mean, it's hard to under understate or, uh, you know, Cooper has been just really steady. One of the fun things, too, is when you think about it early on in his career, too, he was playing with Michael Crabtree. Uh, who was just like a magnet for touchdowns at certain points, if memory serves me correctly. Um, yeah, and then to the point about Watkins, there yeah. was so much there was so much hype about Watkins when he was coming out. But I think uh, if you look at this profile for Harrison, you're probably going to be inclined to to like it even more. Um, so it's good to see that there was also players in here that had that uh, that hype, like Harrison did, landing in, in his comp group, and then these guys panned out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip Drake London and come back to him in a second, uh, and I'll and I'll let you know why. But Mike Evans is the other guy um, that was in this top five, and as impressive as as Cooper has been, Evans came out the year before, and his career has been you know even more impressive with even higher ceilings and and generally just slightly higher level of quality of of production. Um, throughout their careers, which have mostly overlapped. So right away as a rookie, he was a wide receiver 13, followed that up with wide receiver 21 and wide receiver three overall. Uh, back in 2016, those were the Jameis Winston uh, slash Ryan Fitzpatrick days, if uh, <laughs> I recall correctly. Yep. Um, and then 2017, wide receiver 17, then followed that up with just an incredible string since 2018. Wide receiver nine, wide receiver 15, 13, 10, 18, and seven. Even with Baker Mayfield uh, rehabbing his career, uh, Evans with 284 PPR, the third best season of his career in year 10. I mean, he's just been absolutely crazy effective. And if you look at his PPR per game ranks, they're actually even slightly more impressive than his year end. Um, ranks because in most seasons he's missed, you know, one or two games. Yeah. So he actually has two career top five PPR per game seasons and one, two, three, four, four career top 12 PPR per game uh, seasons. So, you know, Mike Evans is another really, really high quality prospect to show up in the top five. Anything you want to add there before I talk about why I'm counting Drake London as a, a hit so far. I just think the the other thing there that's kind of notable is not only are two of those guys hits, but I think two of those are also guys that were hits across an entire decade. There was a lot of longevity there. And I think if you went back and you were to write some history books about fantasy football and you talked about wide receivers, you know, I think you might mention a guy like Evans in there on uh, that consistency that he had. And, you know, maybe there's a case to be made for Cooper too, depending on the, the zoom level that we have in this hypothetical work, but um, really encouraging to see two guys like that uh, get, get factored into that, into that profile there. Then the other thing, just to add on to, to the Blackman stuff, yeah, really good uh, beginning to his career. Uh, for those of the of you out there that are newer managers, what really derailed his career was not his on the field stuff. It was he had a couple of DUIs off the field, and eventually, uh, yeah. you know, some of that stuff is what what did him in. Yeah. So with Drake London, obviously, you know, he hasn't had uh, a top twenty four wide receiver season yet. But for those of you playing dynasty, you already know that his value has certainly eclipsed that, and so. 
part of the thing that makes our process with our rookie guide unique is we're trying to steer you into the players, not just that we think will be successful on the field and in your fantasy lineup, but to make sure that you just haven't wasted your rookie pick because from the, the minute that you draft a player, you know, that's now a movable, um, you know, it's a movable asset. It doesn't have to, you know, that player doesn't have to live on your roster, you know, forever. And as we look at Drake London dating back to 2022, when he came into the league, he has remained a top 36 uh, startup pick. Uh, he peaked at 24.9 in his ADP, but he, he was at 35 when he came into the league and he was at 35 in early dynasty startup mocks for 2024. And from a positional ADP perspective, he's never been outside wide receiver 24. So wide receiver 24 is typically the, the area that we would want to see, you know, for a rookie wide receiver to, to be considered a hit. Of course, we'd prefer that, you know, comes in the way of production, but right now with an early career wide receiver for him to maintain that value, even heading into year three, there's still the optimism with London. And so I think that's important. And from a value perspective, that's why I'm calling it a, a hit. And so that's some of the, I think, value that I can bring to you in the guide is that dynasty context with, with the hit rate there. So that rounds out the top five. So just to repeat it again for Harrison, before we talk about neighbors, cause he's got a pretty good list too, Dave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's uh, Blackman, Watkins, uh, uh, Justin Blackman, Sammy Watkins, Amari Cooper, Drake London, and Mike Evans. To, to put a cherry on this, you know, Marvin Harrison will probably go 101, I'll say, in 10 to 20% of Dynasty Superflex rookie drafts even uh, over, over Caleb Williams. He, he will have that, that type of fandom. But he'll be you know, typically drafted at the 102 and certainly by the 103 in, in every draft. So if you own one of those picks, it's extremely valuable. We've kind of painted a picture for you of a range of, you know, dynasty values and production uh, that you could expect from a player with Harrison's profile. This, this sim list will get a little bit smarter um, once we can add in some of the athletic measurements right now, it's very weighted on projected draft capital and production. Um, but the names could change a little bit in volume two. And that's what it's really cool about going through this three volume journey with us. I'll update all of this once we have uh, some athletic measurements. So let's flip over to neighbors. So Mal Malik neighbors out of LSU, Dave, his, he actually does draw one common um, profile sim with Harrison, largely informed by the projected draft capital right now. But I, th I think we're going to get some different athletic measurements here too. And so the list will probably end up not overlapping at all eventually. But his profile sims hit rate is also 80%, which is really, really impressive. And what you would want to see for another player that's going to be, you know, I will say universally selected within the top five to six of Superflex fantasy drafts, just kind of depending on how managers in your particular dynasty league approach the quarterback position does qb4 come off the board before wide receiver two i think more often than not it will not but it will certainly occur in some leagues so I, i'm penciling in neighbors probably as like the 105 in most leagues you can find out where we penciled them in in our mock drafts by buying the guide all right dave here's a list the, the the top sim is also the one that draws the the race eyebrows with neighbors just like it was justin blackman for harrison it's John Ross from a league neighbors. So, so now th these are not style Sims at all. So, you know, for my hashtag film bros, you know, again, this is production and draft capital. 
uh, simulation right now. They are not similar players. I fully acknowledge that. But John John Ross matching <laughs> uh, early. Um, and then the, the rest of the list here, before you react to that first name, Jamar Chase. So fellow U, LSU Tiger, uh, as, as good of a name as you could hope to see. Julio Jones. I mean, hey, we got Mike Evans for Harrison. We got Julio Jones for Malik Neighbors. We also have Odell Beckham Jr. And then Sammy Watkins is the common player for these two uh, wide receivers at this point in the process. So again, for those keeping score, that's a four out of five, 80% profile Sims hit rate within the top five. That list again is John Ross, Jamar Chase, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr. And Sammy Watkins. Dave, what do you have to say? You're muted, Dave. I'm sure it was brilliant. No, we're still not, we're still not hearing him. Hello. Hello. Okay. What about there now? He's, he's back. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Um, <laughs> where was I going? Okay. So there's a couple of things going on here and what you're going to see with guys like neighbors, like Harrison and the players that they get matched to here from this similarity score perspective is that these are guys that accrued so much production and have such good profiles that you can approach them from a number of different ways and yeah. they are going to stand out. You go, you have your check boxes that you want to try to hit. Odds are they're going to hit just about all of those, right? You have a favorite metric. They're probably going to score well in that regard. As a result of that, Curtis, we're seeing such good comp groups because these are players that have positioned themselves into this fear where you don't want to ever say a player is like a guaranteed hit, but the rates, the hit rates for these players is so much higher than it is for your average player uh, that we're just kind of seeing that reinforced by the fact that they're even able to match with guys that had this type of collegiate production and profiles. I mean, when you see names like Julio Jones and Jamar Chase in the same list, then you think about what OBJ did early on in his career. And yeah. even somebody like yeah. Sammy Watkins, who never really lived up to the hype that he had, um, you know, it's very easy to overlook that first inclusion of somebody like John Ross, who I'll add also really should not have been selected where he did. So it's like the draft capital is the piece of this that's shooting him into that range right. when right. Uh, he really shouldn't have been drafted there. So phenomenal list there for neighbors. I think you could maybe even make an argument that it's better than what we saw for Harrison. But at the end of the well, day, the takeaway is just two very solid guys. Oh yeah, for sure. And and we can we can debate the quality of the the four hits here in a minute after we talk about you know their early career impacts. But yeah, I mean, in summary, Ross ended up basically flopping. He did show a couple bright spots in year two and year three. At some point, he actually. Um, he actually was pacing just barely below the 200 PPR level in 2019. Um, but, you know, he faded into the background and was never to be seen after th playing three games in, in 2020. So it just didn't, just didn't really work there after playing in Cincy and I think uh, into his career in New York. Uh, so he's the clear, uh, he's the clear miss there, but just, you know, level setting on, on what happened with Jamar Chase, because it actually has been a couple of years now. He's entering year four in the league. He was wide receiver five overall. As a rookie, 306.6 PPR as a rookie. Um, and then he has not played all 17 games in either of the two seasons that followed uh, just due to some hip issues. 
Um, but he was the wide receiver three in points per game in that 2022 campaign. Even though he played 12 games, he still managed to be wide receiver 11 overall. And then he was wide receiver 12 in points per game this past season, despite playing 16 out of 17 games and having to you know, play a material portion of the season with Jake Browning instead of Joe Burrow also ended the year at wide receiver 11 in 2023. So if you're keeping score three seasons in the NFL, three seasons as a wide receiver one from a fantasy perspective for Jamar Chase, Julio, I mean, it's been a long time for Julio, but Julio, it's kind of interesting now that we think about um, kind of what's going on with Drake London and Elena. And it's not an apples to apples situation, but the beginning of Julio's career was exciting, but then also um, disappointing. You remember he had this stigma that he couldn't score touchdowns and he got tons of yards. We couldn't score touchdowns. He had to, that injury in year three where he only played five games and he only played 12 games as a rookie. And so even though he had shown a lot of ceiling through his first three seasons, I mean, he did score over 200 uh, in each of his first two years, dating back to 2011. Even after year three, there were still just a couple questions. Like, is he injury prone? Is he ever going to take that true next level? And then of course he did in just epic fashion um, going on an incredible two-year run in 2014 and 2015 where he scored 299.4 and 377.1 PPR uh, respectively. And the craziest thing about that 377-point season, Dave, if you can remember, he actually did not finish as the overall wide receiver one in that year because (laughs) unfortunately, despite that level of production, the best portion of Julio Jones's career overlaps with the best portion of Antonio Brown's career. Um, and that'll be something that, you know, the history books will always remind us of, but Julio went on a six season uh, consecutive streak, finishing as a top seven overall wide receiver in, in PPR formats. And it, from a PPR per game perspective, it wasn't until his 10th season in the league that he failed to finish as a wide receiver one in points per game. So Julio's about as great of a name as you can see in a top five uh, list. For those of you that are a new, little newer to fantasy and or dynasty, you know, if you started playing in the last five years, you know, that's ancient history. So that's why we, that's why we spend a minute, you know, Hey, sure. If you've been playing as long as Dave or I, you know, it, it's a no brainer. You hear a name like Julio Jones, but some people, Dave, don't remember those days. And they just remember, you know, hey, I started playing maybe during the pandemic when I got bored and you know, look at the 2020 season. I got you no know, nine games, 10 games, 10 games, 11 games, no really high-end production during that time, yep. flipping around between teams, et cetera. So Julio, just an absolute legend uh, of the game, um, not just from his counting stats, but, I mean, he was winning, winning leagues out there year after year after year. Now, you talked about OBJ also wearing that LSU helmet. And OBJ's early er, first three seasons actually were pretty similar to what we have seen from Jamar Chase, actually even a little bit more elite. He finished as a top eight receiver in each of his first three seasons uh, in overall PPR, and he was a top uh, top five in PPR per game in each of his first three seasons. He actually scored the most fantasy points per game amongst wide receivers as a rookie. It's just that he only played 12 games in that season. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, now now what's really cool with neighbors is you're now seeing 
you know, Julio had the nice season in year one. He also only played 12 games like Jamar Chase, but it was, it was more, it wasn't pedestrian, but it wasn't necessarily league winning. But we've seen two rookie season league winners in, in Malik Neighbors' list. And that's why I kind of like your comment that you made with Jamar Chase and OBJ. Those are two rookie year league winners that are showing up in his top five profile sim. So that's something we've certainly got to keep in the back of our minds, you know, during this evaluation process. Now we already talked about Sammy Watkins, so we won't rehash that, but it is really interesting that you mentioned maybe even a little bit more quality. I think I will give the edge in like career consistency and longevity to Marvin Harrison's list and the immediate impact award goes to Malik neighbors list. Uh, but both of these lists are just pretty much sterling. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a very diplomatic way of putting it. But uh, hopefully that exercise gives a little bit more insight into the pieces that go into the final evaluations that we come up with and then also why these guys uh, are so coveted this year. And the really interesting thing will be to see, Curtis, after we get some more information on these guys... Yeah. Where, what do they do with the other quarterbacks in this class besides Caleb Williams? Or, uh, you know, do, do people sour on Caleb Williams? Because in super flex leagues this year, we're going to have a really interesting, really interesting class where uh, you have some high level wide receivers. People I don't think are going to like the running backs as much this year. And then there's a question in the quarterback tiers of where people cut things off. So, a yep, lot yep. more that we need to get through. And I'm just really excited to see how these puzzle pieces start to take shape. Yeah, there's there's so much to talk about at every position. Now, for wide receivers, just to tease this a little bit more, you know, we talked about the top two guys because I mean obviously they're gonna have great they're gonna have great Sims lists, and this podcast was really about those Sims lists and those Sims list hit rates. But Dave, amongst the top five or six wide receivers, there's actually there's some quality. And then there's some surprising lack of quality. And it may not be the, the prospects that you're thinking about. And that's where this process that we take at Rotoviz, where we're looking at Blair's lab scores, we're looking at my Sims, we're looking at Sean's synopsis and peripherals. We're using all of Dave's data to do all of this. It, it provides a different view. We paint a well-rounded picture. We're not relying only on film or only on a few key metrics. We're, we're attacking this from all fronts this year. And it's the best job that we've ever done. Dave, there's one wide receiver um, that I'm looking at and his, he has a 60% hit rate in his top five profile Sims. And the list includes Justin Jefferson, CD lamb and Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know who that is? I would love and to I'm is. looking at another, I'm looking at another guy who's typically rated above the player that I just mentioned. You know, he, he pulls Devonta Smith and Mike Williams. Okay. Doesn't pull that same quality of other profile Sims. I'm looking at another guy that's even a little bit further down the list. He's actually one of your uh, favorites. Yes. Yes. That we talked about Michael Thomas, Deandre Hopkins, T Higgins in his top five with mm -hmm. a 60, uh, 60% hit rate. And then I've got a guy that, I haven't even seen him universally in the top 12 wide receivers for a lot of fantasy outlets. Again, this guy's got a 60% uh, profile Sims hit rate and he pulls Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry and Christian Kirk. And mm. nobody's talking about him. Mm. And film bros, I, film bros actually don't like him very much. So you can get, 
I mean, just all of this great dynasty context uh, in the guide, as well as the write-ups from Sean and the prospect uh, lab scores from Blair, our whole team, you know, being involved in the, in the, the rankings, the tiers, the mock drafts, it's going to be great. So Dave and I will continue to share some of the high level snippets from the guide and hit a, a lot of other topics, you know, this week as we march on with the content, but uh, yeah, you, you've got to check this out, you know, before this episode's over, just hop over to rotoviz.com, click on the rookie guide uh, tab at the top of your screen and just go ahead and get your pre-order in. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com